Okiora Connect Church. Hope you enjoyed that testimony, a powerful, powerful story of how God changed our friend called Lucky. I'm doing a message today called, Is It Okay to Disobey? In the promo to this message that I put out, I told the story of one day I was writing my, just a few weeks ago actually, before lockdown, I was writing my uh, Harley through a small uh, country town, if you like, and as I was riding uh, through that town, all of a sudden, a uh, law enforcement or the police, they uh, pulled out right in front of me, drove right across the road and blocked my path like a, uh, like a roadblock. And so, uh, actually, my motorcycle is a big bike and I had to skid to, uh, to stop before I hit the, I actually nearly hit the vehicle. And so, as I'm looking at the police car, the policeman signaling me through the window and I was going, well, what, what actually is it do you want? What do you Want. And I said I, w- I would tell you what happened after that, and I will do that at the end because I want to make a point uh, around the things that I'm sharing uh, today. I'll promise I'll tell you what happened uh, next. But is it okay to disobey? I want to talk around the theology of civil disobedience. I'm asking the question today, is it okay for the Christian to disobey? Is it okay even for us at times to break the law? Uh, Is it okay and is God okay if we disobey? Is it all right to, if you like, stand up and fight sometimes? If you ask, I would say, Yes, absolutely. Of course, there are those who would say, there ain't no way we should disobey. And they would say the scripture is straight up uh, on the matter. They would say, just read Romans 13. It's very clear and it's certainly a clear scripture. Romans chapter 13 verse 1 says, let everyone, there's no one excluded, let everyone be subject to the governing authority. For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right. But for those who do wrong, but but for those who do wrong, do you want to be free from fear of one in authority? Then do what is right and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant, listen, for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath, to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes. Everybody loves taxes. For the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. They give to everyone, so give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. Can I hear an amen? If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. And so looking at that verse there, it appears 
it appears clear, but I'm asking the question today, is it? Is it teaching, is it scripture in Romans chapter 13, is it teaching that one should never fight for what's right? Is it saying whatever rulers say, we must obey? I don't think it is. I don't think so. What I do think it is saying is generally we should be law-abiding, good, responsible citizens. I think it's saying that we should respect and honor those in authority. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. Even, of course, Jesus said that. Uh, They asked the question, should we pay imperial tax? Should we pay, in other words, should we pay imperial tax to Caesar? Jesus answered them and said, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And then it says, in the King James Version, it says they marveled at him. They marveled at what Jesus said. Because, and, and here's the thing. Why did they marvel? They marveled because they were like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, Jesus? Jesus had obviously not read how to win friends and influence people. It was not a great marketing thing that he was doing there. But we have to remember the context of that environment right there. The Jews were in the middle of being occupied. They were occupied by the Romans and they did not like, appreciate, or want the Romans telling them what to do. They didn't want the Romans telling them how to do life. And the other thing is consider who was asking the question. It was the Pharisees, the scribes, the teachers of the law. In fact, you can look at it like if you, if you like modern day lawyers were asking the question. The name Pharisee actually derives its meaning uh, uh, in the Hebrew. It, it basically means one who is separated. They were, uh, the Pharisees were devoted to studying the scripture. They believed in the strict adherence to the Jewish laws and traditions was vital in order to maintain a sense of order under the Roman occupation. And so really they were asking Jesus a legal question. They were actually in that moment challenging the law of the day. And of course, if you read the story, we know they were trying to trick and trap Jesus and that didn't, of course, work. But we have to understand when we read Romans 13, that same feeling still existed. That same feeling still existed among the Jews and among the Jewish believers uh, that we were and are an occupied people. Uh, Remember, for Jewish believers especially, and and I guess believers, even Gentile believers in general, uh, they had fully embraced Jesus the Messiah had come. And that Jesus is king, and not just a king, but he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And so they understood that with the king comes a kingdom. And so uh, many Jewish believers at that time receiving that and taking that on board, they say, we don't take our lead. They said, we're not going to take our lead from some pagan Caesar in Rome. And so Christians ended up in that day getting a reputation. They were 
seen as rebels. They were seen as troublemakers. They were seen as anti-empire. And you can find a place in the scriptures where it even they talked about them as the ones who turned the world upside down. And so Paul, the Apostle Paul is saying in Romans 13, he was saying to these Jewish believers, he was saying to them in the midst of that environment, he was saying, calm the farm and settle the kettle. Calm down. He's like, dudes, not every law is bad. Not everything a government does or the emperor does or Rome does, not everything that they do is bad. In fact, we can see that in verse 4. It says, for the one in authority is God's servant. Listen, for your good. And it goes on to say, they are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on who? The wrongdoer. Not the person who's doing right, but the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to authorities. Of course, Paul added in 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 11, he said, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. He's like, calm down. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should. Don't be a troublemaker. Make it your ambition. That's your goal. I don't know many people have set that for a goal. But he's like, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business. So in a nation like New Zealand, we can see, for the most part, laws and government are there for what? They're there for our good. And if you do wrong, we should expect to get told off. There's no doubt about it. And in ancient times, if you're on your donkey doing 80 and a 50 on the Damascus Highway, you're going to get a ticket. You're going you're, you're to get done for doing wrong. Because, again, there, we have so many laws in our land, speed limits. They are good laws. They're there for your protection. You get pulled over for speeding. Don't get all crazy, can I say? I know it's never happened to anybody here. I know in the uh, church world, but it does happen to people sometimes. But if you, if you get pulled over, don't, don't, don't get all crazy. Don't go and say, I'm a servant of the Most High God. I don't come under your uh, authority. Just take your beating. Just take your ticket. I, I remember, because it was awkward for me, one time I was driving into Rotorua. I was coming, there's a big sort of hill that sweeps in just outside of Rotorua. And I've got to say, I know I'm a pastor. I shouldn't have done this. Uh, but I was doing about 120. I'm just saying. Coming downhill. It was downhill. It was downhill, people. I was doing about 120. And as I got just towards the bottom of the hill, I saw a mufti car go past the other way. I was like, ah, cop. And you, met, you know, immediately you hit the brake. I look in the mirror, and I can see him skidding and turning around. And then the, the, the blues and reds coming on. And I was like, ah, oh, man, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. So I pulled over. And uh, the cop got out, and he starts talking to me. Now, I got out the car real fast and went straight to the cop. Now, the reason I did that is because I had too many people in the car as well. I'm just saying, I'm just being honest and open here. Come on, don't look at me like that. You've done it too, maybe, maybe. But I, I want to I, I tell you, that's what happened. So I got out, so I didn't want, want him to see the extra people in the car because that's an extra ticket because I was doing wrong. And the, I, I, I was breaking the law. Not right, not good, not good. And it was even more embarrassing when the cop came to me and uh, said he's filling in the, the ticket. And then he said, so what do you do for a job? And I was like, awkward moment. 
And I was like, well, actually, I'm a pastor, and I can't really say I'm on a mission from God or anything like that. And I had to pay a very expensive ticket. But it was for my good. There are good laws out there. And again, the ticket was expensive, but like I say, for my good. In Alan Barnes' commentary of the Bible on Romans 13, he says this, the general principle will be seen to be that we are to obey in all things which are not contrary to the law of God. Uh, Romans 13, people, was never meant to mean whatever they say, you must obey. And throughout history, can I say, Christians who have taken it as such have caused immense injustice throughout history, resulting in the deaths of many. Verse 4 of Romans chapter 13 says, For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. Paul again reminds us in Titus 3 verse 1, remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good. But the question is today, what if it's not good? What if it's not good? The question here is what do we do if the law is not for our good? Listen, it's important you understand this. Just because something is legal doesn't make it right. I'll say it again. Just because something is legal doesn't make it right. Just because something is illegal doesn't make it wrong. What do I mean? Let me explain. I am proudly, unashamedly pro-life. However, whatever way you look at it. However, it is now legal in New Zealand to uh, abort a child right up to birth. I think some are saying, I haven't fully gone in and studied it myself, but that's what some are saying. So we have now in this nation some of the most extreme abortion laws in the world, but it's legal. It's legal now. The government says it's okay. So I guess that settles it for everybody. We just have to submit to authority. I'm here today to say, hell no. Hell no. There's no way that's okay. I'm never going to say that's okay. For me, it's never going to be okay. Why? Because uh, I believe the Scripture teaches in the sanctity of human life. And for, for me, it's all right to stand up and fight that. For, for me, it's all, all right to stand up and fight and to stand against that. Just because something is legal... It doesn't make it right. And again, just because something is illegal doesn't make it wrong. In Hitler's Germany, it was against the law to hide Jews. It was a capital offense. You would get the death penalty for it. I can remember watching a movie many years ago called The Hiding Place. In fact, I just watched it again. It's on uh, YouTube uh, for anyone to watch. It's free. You can go and grab it. It's called The the hiding place. And I was watching that with a couple of our, our friends. Our friend, he was a Messianic Jew who had said yes to Jesus. His, the rest of his family were still practicing Judaism, but he had said yes to, to Jesus. Uh, the movie, The Hiding Place, was about a woman named Corey 
tin boom. And during the war, when the Nazis occupied Holland, her and her family, who were dedicated, amazing Christians, Christ followers, decided to hide Jews from the Nazis in their house. It's something that was illegal, something where they broke the law. Even there in the movie, when I watched it on Saturday night, it was reminded again, even their pastor came and told them, what you're doing is illegal. What you're doing is breaking the law. The film actually ends up with them being caught and she was sent along with her sister and her whole family to concentration camps around Europe. But as we were watching this movie all those years ago with my Jewish Christian friend, at the end of the movie, as the, we're like, that's a good movie, as the movie winds up, our Jewish friend next to us starts to weep uncontrollably. He, he starts to, to, to howl. It was like a really awkward moment. It was like, that was a good, and the next thing, he's, he's deeply, uncontrollably sobbing. And so I was like, what's, what's wrong? What's happened? And he said, my, my Jewish family believed that Christians handed Jews over to the Nazis. If only they could see this film, if only they could see this film and hear this story. And I want to tell you, it's true. That still exists today. Many Jews believe that Christians were complicit with the Nazis in the handing over of Jews to their death. And here's the thing. They believe it for good reason, because it's true. In July 1933, during Hitler's first summer in power, a young German pastor named Joachim Hossenfelder, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, preached a sermon at the Kaiser Wilhelm Memorial, I'm reading an article here, Kaiser Wilhelm Memorial Church, Berlin's most important or famous church. And his sermon was from the words of Romans 13, to remind worshipers of the importance of, of, the importance of obedience to those in authority. The church at the time was covered with Nazi banners and stormtrooper flags. Its pews were packed with Nazi party faithful. And this is just one of the most explicit examples of where the church invoked Romans 13. Christians believed by handing over the Jews that they were doing the right thing, to, to, to not hide them and give sanctuary to the Jews, that they were actually doing the right thing. We don't want to go against the government and all. In fact, it is said, following an internal, atten uh, internal attempt to assassinate Hitler, that one of the plotters within the Third Reich that, that tried to assassinate Hitler, he blamed Romans 13 as the reason why there was not more resistance to the Fuhrer within the Third Reich. I want to say here today, thank God for the Corey 10 booms of this world who understood it's okay to disobey. Thank God for people like her. Sometimes just because something is illegal or against the law, it doesn't make it wrong. 
Is it okay to disobey when injustice is at play? I want to say sometimes the government gets it wrong. They get it wrong. The apostle Paul, the writer of, the very writer of Romans 13, was himself falsely accused and wrongfully arrested. In Acts 16, and again, you can see it in Acts 21, he spent a good part of his ministry locked up and in lockdown in prison. Listen, all I'm saying here today is taking one or two scriptures like Romans 13 and building a doctrine around it, I just want to say it's never been a good thing to do. When we pull back from Romans 13 to get the bigger picture of Scripture, we can see that there are many examples, many examples in the Bible where people said, it's all right to stand up and fight. Many examples when, where people have said, it's okay to disobey. If you don't believe me, consider these few. Acts chapter 4, Peter and Peter and John, the authorities got upset that they were preaching and praying for people. The authorities commanded them in Acts 4 verse 18, commanded them not to speak or teach. They arrested them and said, you will not teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes? To listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. It says after further threats, they let them go. It's okay to disobey. I mean, Jesus, we talked about it last week. Uh, Jesus went up and he messed up the, the temple. That was against, against the law. That was not legal, people. Just telling you. What about Moses? Going to Pharaoh saying, uh, Pharaoh, you got to let my people go. He was keeping them. He's like, you need to let my people go. He, he, you know, he got a word from the Lord and decided it was time to stand up for what's right. Time to, uh, time to put on a bit of a, bit of a fight. Uh, what about Daniel? What about Daniel? So many Bible characters. We could, we could say so many more. What about, what about Daniel? It was decreed by the king that he couldn't pray. But Daniel decided he wouldn't obey. He broke the law. In fact, his name actually means God is my judge. God is my judge. And of course, we can't read these people without going to some of my personal favorites, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They stood brave when everyone else caved. Uh, they broke the law. They decided that it's all right to stand and fight. And here's the thing, and you can see with any of these people that I've talked about today, when they decided to, to do what was right and to stand up and fight, they weren't rude. They weren't dishonoring. Uh, you can see that in the way they sp spoke, O king, live forever. I mean, they weren't trying to be uh, 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 rude or brash or anything. They, they, they came with an honoring, honoring heart. Oh, king, 
live forever. They, they, they were respectfully saying to the king, we ain't going to be doing what you're asking us to do. And we know the story, of course, that they were thrown into the fiery furnace. And what we know was that as they were thrown into the furnace, God was right there with them. It says, as the king looked into the flames, he said, didn't we throw three people into the furnace? He said in Daniel 3 verse 25, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. In that moment, God's like saying, I'm backing you on this, guys. I'm, I'm not letting you guys down on this. I'm standing with you in this. And I want to tell you, these examples that I've just read out have inspired men and women throughout the centuries to say, it's all right to stand up and fight. It's okay to disobey. People like Corey Ten Boone, people like uh, preacher Martin Luther King Jr. I'm, I, I'm so glad. I'm so glad Martin Luther King Jr. didn't go, you know what? It's the, it's the law. This whole black and white thing, it's the law. We need to, you know, Romans 13, we need to respect the law. We need to be respectful of that. We need to come under authority. No, uh, that preacher, he decided it's okay to disobey. And I want to tell you, the world is a better place because of it. Martin Luther King said this, our lives begin to end the day we become silent about the things that really matter. He said one has the moral responsibility to disobey unjust laws. A chap named Henry David Thoreau, whose, whose writings inspired people like Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King Jr., and so on, he said this, anyone in a free society where laws are unjust has an obligation to break the law. That's what Martin Luther King did. And the world is a better place because of it. When we were in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, a couple of years ago, we took a moment to go and visit the Civil Rights Museum there, and I don't know if I've shared this story to you before, but for me, I, I fell apart uh, in that museum. I, I couldn't even get past the first thing. I was bawling my eyes out when I saw the injustice of what took place. We were across the road from the first uh, um, Baptist church where three young black girls lost their lives by a, by a bomb that was planted there. They were beaten. They were uh, mercilessly treated, but they took a stand, they disobeyed, because it was okay to do it. You have to understand, many have paid a price for that. It's okay to disobey. It's okay to say the government, and that's the tension of our society, on the edge of the, edge of the law, whether we go this way or that way, it's okay to say we're not going to obey. Francis Schaeffer, an evangelical theologian and writer, said this. 
He said, if there is no final place for civil disobedience, then the government has been made autonomous. And as such, it has been put in the place of the living God. I'm telling you today, it's okay to disobey. Now, of course, you might be here and wherever you're sitting, wherever you're hearing this from, and you're going, well, I completely disagree with you, Pastor. I, you might completely disagree with me, but can I say that's the beauty of the country that we live in. You are actually free to do so. Listen, just because something is legal doesn't make it right. So I told you about my Harley story. I pulled up, the cop pulled in front of me. And it was like a roadblock. It gave me quite a, quite a scare. As he, as he did that, I started to think, why has he pulled me up? Why has he, you know, roadblocked me? I mean, he didn't have his lights or anything. Just completely pulled out, roadblocked me. Just right across the road. Had to, had to stop. I, think, I thought maybe, maybe he thinks I'm a gang member or something. And the reason I'm saying that is because when I, when I ride, I, I've ridden for years, I don't know, a long time. But I, there's, there's a, I think, a photo of what I look like when I Right, and, and so this is me and another pastor, a couple of pastors riding a, uh, uh, over in Australia. But this is how I look. So I think maybe he's thinking I'm a gang member. Maybe he's thinking that kind of thing. And he's just trying to stop me because maybe he thinks I've got a warrant for my arrest or something. Who knows? So anyway, he pulled right out because I've never been stopped by the police like that. And so he was signaling me through the window, doing all this type of thing. Now, remember, I, 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 he can't see me saying, I'm just going like, what? I mean, I'm talking, but of course, I'm completely covered. My motorcycle has a stereo on that's blasting it. My, my motorcycle is also very noisy. And so I, I could not hear. And he's signaling me through the thing. And I was like, what? Because I was like, I he, wouldn't, he wasn't getting out of the car. I didn't know what he wanted. Finally, the, uh, the window went down. The law enforcement officer, the police, he said to me, sorry. I said, pardon? He said, Sorry. I didn't see you. He actually hadn't pulled out to stop me. He was actually going after somebody else. He hadn't seen the motorcycle. Always look out for motorcycles. But he pulled out right in front of me, and he was just like saying, sorry, I, 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 didn't, I didn't see you there. You know, I, I said, that's okay. I'll give you a warning this time. Don't ever do it again. No, that's what I wanted to say. I wanted to say that so bad. I forgot about it. And then afterwards, I was, oh, I should have said that. That would have, that would have been really big. But I didn't. I didn't. I just said, okay, no, no problem. I tell you that story just to say this. Sometimes the law gets it wrong. Sometimes the law makes a mistake. And I'm here to tell you today that sometimes it's okay to disobey. That's part of the freedom that we have to do so in our nation. We have the freedom to say, it's okay to disobey. Which reminds me as we, as we close, we must remember, we must remember at this time our brothers and our sisters in nations where there is state-sponsored persecution. I mean, they might even find the, the very 
question that we're asking today kind of like, really, you have to ask this question? They might find it odd that we're even discussing this almost, almost trivial as for, uh, for them to, to survive. They must daily live in a way that breaks government laws continually or face prison or face death just for converting and professing the faith that you and I have and sometimes take for granted. A faith that in many countries of the world is against the law to practice, especially if you've converted, converted to it. They would, they would look at what, are you kidding me? Of course it's okay. We'd lose our lives immediately if we didn't break the law. Let's remember them. Is it okay to disobey? I want to say to you today, yes. When laws are not made for our good, it's okay to disobey. As I close, I want to ask the question, do you need to get right with God? Would you bow to His authority in your life? I want to invite Jesus today to be king of your life, wherever it is that you're watching this, whatever part of the world. I want to ask you today, would you surrender your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? If that's you, in a moment, I'm going to pray. I would encourage you to join me in that prayer. Would you bow your head and repeat after me? Jesus, King and Lord of Lords, I receive you into my heart. Take the throne of my life. I turn away from sin and turn towards you. Lord, you direct my life from this day forth. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me finish with this blessing for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.